With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Season 2, Episode 18 of the No Block No Rock Podcast coming to you from the Nebraska Brewing Company Tap Room. Let's fucking go. We are finally recording. Finally. We had all... Nine volt battery to the rescue. (laughs) (laughs) Who would have thunk? Anyway. (laughs) Who would have thought that Connor would have a nine volt battery to save the day? Just pull it out of his pocket. Not only are they giving us beer, but they're also saving us in our in our uh, podcast. Here. Yeah, they're donating nine volt batteries to the No Block No Rock podcast. Yeah, he he poured myself and our special guest a Cardinal Pale Ale, and then he pulled out a nine volt battery from his pocket and said, "Here you go." Yep. Wait, you're did, welcome. Did you just say we have a special guest? I did. <laughs> oh shit! Woo. Who do we have? Former walk on offensive lineman Samuel Hahn. And I said, Samuel. Hey, that's Is right. that okay? My mom will appreciate that. <laughs> hey, you know my what? Mom, my mom's going to listen to this and be like, so hyped. Oh, my God. This is, <laughs> that was his name. I named him. <laughs> but you are not in trouble. Yeah. Thanks, you are not goodness. in trouble. Um, not yet. <laughs> yeah. Some things you might say, I don't know. Thank you for joining the podcast, Sam. Hey. I we really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me. My first question for you guys is. Uh-oh. No block, no rock. All right, how'd the name? How'd you come up with the name, Jared? This yeah, is all I mean, you. I, I mean, I guess, but um, when uh, Troy Walters came here as a wide receivers coach, that was one of his. Oh, makes sense now. As soon as you said wide receivers coach, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, sense. that that was the the philosophy that they that they espoused when they came here. Frost, of course, you know, you abided by that as well. And that's why you saw some guys on the field. It's like, well, it's like, oh, the slow white guys. And then say it. Yeah, it's okay. okay. Yeah, it's like, oh, the slow white guys out there blocking instead of like our four star recruits. Like what? What are we doing? Well, we even said like recording our first episode, we, you know, we appreciate the the principle behind it. The intent is good. Mm-hmm. But you're also three and nine this year, so maybe there's some things. That, so it's it's a it's a name out of out of jest, mm-hmm. not not like no block, no rock, damn it. Yeah. But it's just it's it's a it's a it's shedding light on that and kind of making it a little joke out of it. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I understood it once you said the wide receivers coach. But like this whole time, like you guys reached out, I'm like no block, no rock. I'm like, this I'm not getting this. As soon as you said Troy Walters, wide receivers coach, I'm like, oh yeah. Also, by the way, we got to throw an RIP to Troy Walters, you know, because that's what we always did when people left or got fired <laughs> in the locker room. We were always like, we, we would talk about somebody that left, and then we just like say their name and be like, RIP. <laughs> no, but what what happened to once a Husker, forever a Husker, though? Um, was that always was that ever a thing in I the locker? I don't think 
that was uh, much of a thing. Really. It was more like good riddance. Like, yeah. good luck. Oh, good riddance. That makes you think of hip hip array, Mike. Right? Oh, no. <laughs> We're going to have to get into that. So when you heard no block, no rock, you're like, I'm a lineman. Yeah. I, I, no block. I, I'm confused. It's like, I, I literally was so confused. I, I just block. That's all I do. Yeah. Block, <laughs> block. I don't get the rock, but I block. Yeah, block and pound the rocks. Really. Right. Yeah, there you okay. go, right there. So he'll have a spinoff podcast yeah. called the block and pound the rock yeah he'll do much better than us yeah. <laughs> and then we'll sue him the roof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah then we'll sue your ass yeah <laughs> for all the money we're not worth <laughs> yeah okay that was that was a good little intro right there i yeah. like that it's a great intro probably way better than all the other guests we've had oh, that was the most fluent you guys have been so great job <laughs> he's listening to our past episodes obviously yeah he was listening I, in i, I, I I'm honestly surprised that he showed up here. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, but these guys, he heard free beer and he's like, all right, I'll drive an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the audio issues allowed us more social lubrication, I guess. So yeah. We're now really we're really flowing. <laughs> yeah. yeah so now, now you guys will hear all the details you're not supposed to know. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Let's, let's just kind of jump into a, a recent kind of a, a topic that's been coming. You know, it comes up this time of year though, every year, especially like the past, we'll just say like 10 years. There's always someone kind of going off about um, bowl game opt-outs and all that. And you like the most significant example is Chris Olave with Ohio State. And I think that inspired Kirk Herbstreet to go on his little rant about how players nowadays, they don't like football anymore, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Do you have like a, an opinion on bowl game opt-outs? What do you think, Sam? I mean, first of all, we'll talk about Kirk Herbstreit real quick, which I generally like Kirk Herbstreit. I think he's an advocate for the game, and he loves college football, and he's good for it. But in a deal like that, when you're sitting up there on your high horse talking about that, when ESPN has the rights to you know, 95% of the bowl games, there's like one game that isn't played on the ESPN family networks, it's pretty easy to see why they want mm -hmm. the star players to play because star players are going to get you more viewers, and more viewers is going to get you more money. So, I mean, sure, you know, he's – He's saying for the love of the game and all this, that, and the other. But, I mean, come on. You know, who's writing his check? Which, right. Which segues nicely. Disney. Yeah, exactly. Which <laughs> segues nicely into opt-outs. Follow the money. I mean, in everything there is, college football, NFL, follow the money. Yeah. You know, like if you're going to be a first or second round pick and you're going to get that life-changing money just on your signing bonus and have the opportunity, I can, only, I can definitely understand people wanting to opt out. So, and then, mm -hmm. you know, you get the Crystal Lobby situation, which allows, uh, was it Smith and Jigba? That's right. So, yeah. You know, he has a tremendous game and shows out, you know, against mm -hmm. uh, another team besides Nebraska. So right. Hey, you know what? It's always a bonus when something happens and it's not <laughs> us. Not just yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. Just because it was us. Yeah. But yeah. not just us. <laughs> so, so going back to like following the money, right? So was it Ole Miss's quarterback that yeah. just had like a corral? Yeah. Yeah. Like a crazy knee injury or something in that game. Like he should have opted out and he didn't. And now he's. Yeah, yeah, did you guys hear like what the injury was? I guess I never followed up. I, I was, didn't either. Was, like, it wasn't anything crazy. Yeah. Is what I've heard. The yeah. the X rays came back negative. But let's flip it to the offensive line. Okay. Uh, Linderbaum from Iowa. Yeah. So we'll, we'll yeah, go to the offensive that. line of the ball. I mean, we got Sam Hahn sitting across from us. Yeah. That guy gonna be a first round pick, probably a top ten pick. Yeah. And he decides to come play it out, and he hurts his foot and can barely walk off the field, and ends up coming back in the game or whatever. But yeah. you're talking about a guy that put it on and was like, hey, I'm going to go play in this bowl game for my team. Sam, can you talk about like playing for yourself versus playing for your team and, and making those business decisions? Like, okay, are you okay with guys sitting out 
yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. And I'd be fine with it as a teammate too. Um, I mean, you just got to realize what the opportunities that people have, you know, and you got to take a step back and be like, Hey, look, like this person's got some opportunities that like, you know, people would kill to have. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so you got, you got to look at it from that, that point of view and you know, that Matt Corral deal sucks, but he, you know, they talked about, uh, you know, you know, listen to some of the announcers and stuff and talked about, they asked Matt Corral, what's the, what's the one thing you remember most from your time? And he says relationships. Well, that dude just wanted to go out and play with his boys one more time. Yeah. And he wanted to go have, you know, historic season, I think first 11 win season or something for real yeah. mess. Yeah. You know, so he wanted to do something for the school that raised him. So he wanted to pay it back. But at the same time, you know, I don't think anything differently of Chris Olave either. No. You know? Yeah. And I, there's other opt outs and I can't think of it. And Tyler Learner, mom. Yeah. Uh, absolute stud like that dude. And did you guys see him move on that, uh, that one clip, they like a yeah. play. He was like running and with the running back, ran up the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was crazy. But that that dude's a stud. Uh, so you'll you'll see him a lot. But I'm glad that uh, the old Miss QB. I'm, I'm glad his actor age came back came back better because you don't want to see that for anybody. And like you want to respect a kid and be support a kid, whether whatever they decide to do. If he wants to go out riding with the boys, or if he wants to not, you know that's fine. Um, right. I would imagine as a teammate, like I'm, like I'm cheering my boy on. Like yeah. you know, you don't want you don't you look you don't want to play this last game because you're about to go tear it up on Sundays. Like more power to you, dude. Like yeah, what, what somebody should fill in for you. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Yep, I think. Well, and just like that, I said, you know, that's an opportunity for somebody else to mm -hmm. go shine. So like just like Smith and Jigba did the other day. Uh, the biggest. I don't think we ever had any opt outs. We had uh, old Snake Gary. You know, not go to class in your year. So, <laughs> so, so we had. So he didn't get to play with us, which is fine. Like, you know, like people were more mad at Nate than like we were as a team. You know, I'm. You know, not that we were happy about it, but it's just like I'm not gonna go hate Nate for not being in the bowl game and right stuff like that. That the biggest story I have, like, which isn't really much of a story, but uh, after the Foster Farms Bowl. It was pretty cool. Malik Collins, it was, he was a true junior that year. He gathered the whole team up at the end and said, hey, guys, I just want to let you know I'm, I'm declaring for the NFL draft. And he just told his team before any of it got out, you know. Hmm, yeah. So there really wasn't a sniff of that, I don't think, too much. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, we saw, you know, more recently, it's it wasn't a bowl game, but, you know, um, Brendan Hymas opting out before yeah. the Rutgers game, um, I guess two years ago now, we'll say. And it's just like, if you're a teammate, it's easy to be like, oh, you should, you should play with your team and I'm pissed off at you. But then it's like, what if Olave made a football move, con no contact and his knee just, yeah, just disappears. Yeah. It's like, dude, why uh, now your whole career's effed up. And it's yeah. just, it's just like this whole era of like people saying, oh, it's participation trophies, and it's like people are getting mad now. Because that's kind of what these bowl games are nowadays. There's so many of them, yeah, right? And like you don't even hear about the games. What do you hear about now? The you hear players. about, uh, well, now here's, here's where I'm coming with this. The thing, you wanted the, hi the highlight I saw of the Mayo Bowl was the coach getting mayo dumped on him. Right. That's it's, it. It's I not like, even the game anymore. And we have you know a, what I mean? probably enough mayo here to <laughs> oh, reenact <yeah>. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but even if you saw that highlight of the coach, the two chicks that were lifting up the the uh the Gatorade absolutely smoked him they, with that they, thing. They hit him on the head cuz they couldn't lift it. CTE. So he should have opted out. <laughs> it's like but yeah, you just 
Sounds like an old lineman's dream, CT and mayo. CTA and mayo. <laughs> no, like that. I like mayo, but that was that was disgusting. <laughs> well, that, well, did you guys see all the announcers like dipping the Oreos in mayo on air? Yeah. Uh, you saw that? Dipping it. And they're like, they're like, man, this isn't that bad. And I'm like, you are lying. You are lying. It's we all know good. that Duke's mayo can't even hold Hellman's mayo's jock. Let's, let's Re get that. Retweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I've never even had Duke's mayo, but I promise you. It's yeah. not like Hellman's. No. Hellman's is go. And Hellman's, not a paid sponsorship. So that's how much I like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's let's jump into Sam Hahn a little bit. All right. You're sitting in front of us. Yep. You're a kid from Nebraska. And you, out of high school, go to North Dakota State. Can you talk about your recruiting process and what made you end up at the FCS powerhouse of North Dakota State? Yeah, the greatest dynasty in college football right now. Yeah, absolutely. Nick, Nick They're Saban, way better than Bama. Yeah, Nick Saban, Alabama. Nope, because they've done three coaches. Yes. You know, they had Craig Bowles, then they had Chris Kleiman. Now they got, uh, uh, oh, man, Matt Entz. Mm -hmm. Couldn't think of it for a second. Uh, yeah, I wasn't, you know, had the interest coming out of high school. But, I mean, some the interest, honestly, until I got a little bit older in high school was basketball because uh, hmm. I played on some AAU teams and stuff. Uh, growing up and throughout high school. And then, you know, I had some track interest too for throwing. And really some of that was more interest. And then I kind of, you know, because for a long time, I didn't know what I want to do. And then I kind of found a, more of a passion for football. And uh, the guy who recruited me from North Dakota State, he's like, look, <laughs> six, six guys are a dime a dozen playing basketball. But you mean a six, six OT or, or, or offensive guard, you know, they're not as popular. Yeah. So I kind of decided on that. Um, you know, for Nebraska, I went to junior day my junior year, like had some recruiting interest, went to one game my junior year. They invited me on a recruiting visit every game of my senior year, like to go to Nebraska. Had a good, uh, good relationship with Coach Cotton and stuff. And, you know, it was weird, just kind of like was waiting for that walk-on offer and I really got it. So it was, it was you know, I <clears throat> North Dakota State offered me like a partial. And I had some other smaller offers too, but nothing I was really interested. In. I was pretty prideful about going, like wanting to go D1 and wanting to go to Nebraska. And, you know, I see that a hundred different memes or things about coaches saying, don't look down on D2 or don't look down on D3 or NAI. And, and I have no problem with that, that, you know, and I, and I agree with that, but it's just, it's more of like a personal goal, you know, and that's something you want to do. So I end up, I end up back to it, uh, calling coach cotton, you know, like shortly before signing day. And I'm like, Cause I hadn't heard from them and they would say they were going to hear from me or I would hear from them. And it was like, Hey, like what's going on? Like, and he basically told me their, their class was full. So I was like, damn. So they invited you every weekend. And then at the end they're like, sorry, dude, there's no room. When it, yeah. it took you calling them. Yeah. Well, like, you know, and, and I learned some of the lessons I learned from that is you have to be an advocate of yourself. Dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm never the type like push your door down to like, you know, promote myself, you know, I'll promote myself and the way I treat you and the way we interact. I'm not really just like very pushy about, about it. Um, so, but I had, to, I had to get some answers because I decided what I was going to do because right. I knew I wanted to play football. True. Well, it's only your life. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, so I got told that, which I was pretty, I was, I was hurt by that. And I ended up committing to North Dakota State because I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like this program's obviously awesome and they had some Nebraska connections up there and was Craig Bull still the coach? Yeah, there? Craig Bull's coach. Okay, there. so when they recruited you, did he ever refer to oh, yeah. bringing in Nebraska kids? I mean, obviously he coached here. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he saw success here. Yeah. Did he ever spin the Nebraska ties? Oh, oh yeah, of course. Like you know, he. I think I don't know if he was. It's like some relation down by Auburn and stuff like that. And there was Nebraska guys on the roster, and Kyle Emanuel, mm -hmm. Nebraska guy, hosted me, and he won the Defensive Player of the Year 
you know, his senior year. And Christian Dudzik started more games than anyone ever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at Northwest State. So, you know, there's some good Nebraska ties. Um, so, you know, I ended up going up there. I mean, just long, be real honest with you, you know, you know, won a championship, really learned a lot, learned how to play football, learned how to prepare, you know, and I I just wasn't ready. I was homesick, and I knew, like, down in my heart, like, my goal was always to play for Nebraska, so that's what I wanted to do. Um, so, yeah. Also, you said once, like, once Husker, always Husker. Actually, the saying is once a bison, always a bison. So, okay. That's my a, bet. That's my a, bet. A, I've, been waiting, I've been waiting to say that back to you for, like, <laughs> however long we've been on now. <laughs> but, you know, like, North Coast State, it's a great place. Obviously, the success is awesome. There, my decision to leave was nothing negative towards North Dakota State. It was I was a homesick little boy who wanted to play for Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, and I can fully admit that. Yeah. So yeah, it's not you, it's me. Yeah. yeah. So then actually, I told Craig Bull that I that I was going to transfer, and he was and he just flat out told me he goes, he goes, I know Coach Cotton. We're together. Like I don't, he goes, don't worry. Like I'll tell him you're not leaving here in bad, you know, with anything bad. I'll talk to him and tell him everything's good. So that, I mean, that was really stand up of him. So, and then I got released. I don't even know how that all works. Went to Gene Taylor, the AD's office, got released. And Gene Taylor's a fantastic AD and a fantastic man as well. So, I mean, I, I just really can't say enough good things about North Dakota State and everybody treated me there like that was cool. So then had my old high school principal and athletic director get in talk with, with the recording coordinators down there in Nebraska and then came down to Nebraska and it was like iffy for a while. I was like working out at the rec and like enrolled in classes, like trying to, you know, get in there. They'd like walk on tryouts that week. So another get uh, another kid, uh, Dennis Stilley, came on with me a little bit. We went through spring ball and, you know, Coach Dobson was there. Like we're like a week and a half late into winter conditioning. And they're like, uh, it's like, this is pretty unprecedented. So you guys are behind. So we're, we're going to try and catch you up. And so, you know, in the sake of time, I won't go into all that, but like I was working out at the wreck and trying to stay in shape. And then finally got the call and they gave me a chance and just kind of never looked back. And I did not have a great, I, mean, I had no okay case spring ball, I had a terrible spring game. You know, I, you know, was just overwhelmed at 60 some thousand people in <laughs> yeah. spring game. And then I learned that lesson and that the crowd never came over me again. But I remember Coach Garrison, we were over at film room. He's like, Some of you young guys, the crowd got to you. And I was like, Yeah, that was definitely me. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, then overcame it and uh you know i guess the rest is history and they just kind of went in and out with it you know from there so i guess that's kind of my story but yeah not not the most orthodox thing so uh it is what it is. so while we're on the topic of the transfer uh situation <clears throat> what is your opinion on like the modern day transfer portal that's tough so obviously i sat out a year you know, I was in, I had registered in my first year in North Dakota State, came back, I set out a year, which is fine. I wasn't going to play. I wasn't ready, you know, which for some of my situations is different. I don't like necessarily how a kid can just like leave and go somewhere the next year without really much consequence. But, and I'm not trying to be too <clears throat> archaic about it, I guess, but I, you know, I think there should be some sort of stipulation for it, but also I don't think the NCAA should have that much power either. Yeah. So it's a, it's a tough situation for me. Um, but the thing I go back to too, which is fair, is like a coach can leave whenever. So why can't yep. a kid? Yeah. Especially, you know, we were talking about before Caleb Williams, before we came on Caleb Williams from Oklahoma into the transfer portal uh, this evening. And, uh, you know, why can't Caleb Williams, the coach he signed up to play for, Mm-hmm. isn't there anymore yeah you know so like there there should be no punishment for that i don't think but you know like a kid who comes to a school 
and it doesn't go the way he wants it to. And then he wants to leave because it doesn't go the way he wants it to. It's just kind of like, you know, but then you get into specialized rules. So, you know, it is what it is. I was actually on the way up here. I saw Joel Clatt was talking about it. And I enjoy a lot of his takes on college football because I think he's, you know, he's for the game. He's for the players. Mm-hmm. And so I enjoy it. And he was just talking about like, you know, college football is going to be a little bit free agency. Yeah. You know, like you play a year, you might not be happy. Okay. Let's see what's out there. Let's see, let's see what kind of NIL deals are out there. You know, who's going to offer me something? Whether you like that or not, it's the way it is. You know, yeah. so, you know, the th- times are changed just like everything else. And he went on to talk about some other stuff too. And, I can't say that or say what it was, but I mean, that that's the way we live in right now. And that's what it is. You know, like hopefully Nebraska, Nebraska's gained from it already. Yep. And we've lost from it, you know? Yep. You gained from it. You look at like guys like Toure this year was great for us. Then you look at Wandale, the ball game you had, which we don't talk about too much. But. <laughs> <laughs> against against the team that we've lost to seven straight times. In a, you know what? Tip, tip your cap to Wandale because he also – course tipped his cap to nebraska too yeah, it was did. like was cool yeah. he did that. he had yeah. an interview and was like hey i beat uh my rival my my old team's rival he had to correct himself right there in the interview and yeah and then he put it on his instagram story or whatever yeah. somebody made some stupid meme that hey yeah you f- cowboy guy or whatever like you don't know his name's herbie come on yeah now. yeah for the record we've always shown love to wandale here at no block no yeah Rock. yeah wandale oh, all, we always thought that was the right decision for wandale I, considering where they had him playing all year well considering he was 160 pounds soaking wet and you're running between the tackles between the tackles getting his head bashed in <sighs> yeah and, and willingly too yeah, yeah like shout out to him for doing that yeah i saw i don't know which one of you runs the twitter account but i saw you one of you arguing with the guy about like Juan Dill's reason for going home. The guy's like, it was his mom. He was sick, which is obviously part of it. But COVID. Like, but I can tell you for a fact, like <laughs> knowing people that the discussion was had about the position. Well, you and know, his future. Yeah. yeah. It, I'm saying like the position. He's like, I'm a wide receiver. And Frost is kind of like, yeah, you'll play what we tell you to. And he's like, okay, I'm out. Yep. Which, well, you know what? Okay. Like people get way too worked up and like, oh, we missed this. We missed that. You know, sometimes kids just excel at other places. Yes. And my, my brother-in-law brought up a good point this weekend. He was like, you know, for every Wando, there's 25 kids that don't work out. And, I, you know, I'm not trying to bash on kids that transfer. Obviously, I transferred. Um, but, you know, it's just the way it is. You know, you're going to have some people have success. I mean, look at Joe Burrow. I mean, he, yeah, great, <laughs> great story there. And we can get into that more, but we really don't need to. Not necessary. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> It just makes me sad uh, if we did. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Anyway. I I hear you. So. Yeah. But but I, you can get into that, but you know, at at the end of the day, um, it's, and we can segue this and NIL and everything else too, but it's been about the NCAA and the Disney ESPN and all these people making money off of these kids without a right to their name, image, and likeness for too long. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's time that the laborers get the reward. Yeah. So, and that's not in a $1,300 scholarship stipend. No. That's in to make some money for themselves. So you're, you're really segueing into the NIL thing. If, if NIL was there when you were playing at Nebraska, who would be your like go-to deal? I mean, would you be a runs a guy? Would you be oh, a walk on runs a guy? Yeah, come on, <laughs> come yeah. on now. Yeah, runs would have thrown me like fifty pity bucks, and, and you'd be like, would, sweet. And I would have been like, hey, here's you'd your. You'd have been tweeting all over the place. Yeah. Hash join the app. Uh, Hashtag the app. temperature Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's tomorrow, by the way, boys. Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it needs to be Thursday this week because they'd be free on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, be really cool. Don't worry, it's forty cents tomorrow or something. Yeah, yeah which still ain't bad. 
But I mean, so like we were talking about like chasing the money, right? And you were talking about like coaches leaving a program um, because they're going to make more money or whatever the case might be. And that's kind of what we're starting to see a little bit in this free agency transfer portal, um, which is like, you know, kids might look at Nebraska and be like, you know, this is the only show in town. And this is something we've talked about in the past is just like we're the only thing in Nebraska. Nebraska football and athletics is the only thing that folks in Nebraska watch. And that's why it's so big. So I can only imagine that that's what kids are looking at and all over the country, I'm sure, as well. Yeah, I'm Scott Frost has been very good and very adamant about the advantage that presents to Nebraska about because such a loyal fan base and you have 85,000 in the stadium for a three and nine team. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm not trying to call anybody out or be mean or, you know, show my disgust or anything. It's just, it's unfortunate the the way, you know, how bad we've been, you know, for to be blunt and lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and call for people's jobs and do that thing as a former player, but we'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'll leave that to, uh, Fan only people. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll get on Twitter during a game and talk about how things you know I don't necessarily like, but you know I try to defend people within the program because I've you know I've been there a little bit, and so I've been I've been there when the sky's falling because you lose the game and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think it's a good nil opportunity not only for the football players but the athletic department as a whole. I mean, volleyball's got great support. Women's basketball's been doing good. Uh, baseball's been good uh men's basketball we haven't been as good but there's support there yeah but mostly i mean shout out baseball and husker women's athletics mostly mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. for getting us through this yeah <laughs> women's 40, athletics baby yeah yeah 47 days till baseball by the way just saying <laughs> yeah yeah Are you a big big baseball guy right i am there? yeah yeah he's our he's our baseball guy no not- eric no no eric has don't come after eric don't come after eric. don't count don't come after him <laughs> So, but but yeah, you're absolutely right. Women's sports and baseball so far have been a beacon of hope yeah. for us. Well, that's that you know, and you guys probably know this. And like I said, I haven't listened to everything you guys have done, but um, thankfully, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's for your own sanity. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like you know, Darren Erstad didn't leave Will Bold dumpster fire. No, you know, he did not. No. Like that, that program was fine. Darren Erstad just said, you know, I want to be a dad. You know what? Cool, Darren. You've done enough for this university. We're cool. And then Will Bolt comes in, and yeah. you know that, that's a pretty good deal. So yeah. And um, we had um, assistant coach on the baseball team, uh, Danny Marcuso. He came on the pod and uh, kind of elaborated on that a little bit more and mm-hmm. the talent they had, talent that was leaving. So hopefully, uh, I know we'll have a baseball player, former player, coming on in a couple weeks. So that'll be good to kind of expand on baseball, but. I think uh, Bolt's really got it going. You know, it, it hasn't been like I feel like they haven't lived up to expect expectations. Yeah. Um, even with Erstad, like we we performed well under Erstad, but I think they, they won the they won performed, the Big Ten. We performed one year with that. With I would him. say performed good. Yeah, good. Yeah, you know, especially yeah. for Big Ten baseball. I guess. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It, Baseball is a Southern sport. Yeah. So hey, we're the class of the Big Ten. You know. Yeah. Right. Let's go, baby. But uh, speaking of former Nebraska players, Nebraska former Nebraska players, the one who recommended this to me, former baseball player Ben Miller. Okay. <laughs> so he's the one that recommended this because he's married to my wife's best friend Alicia, and she played softball. So yeah, all kinds of connections there. All the connections. Yeah. All the connections. <laughs> and a nice little juicy. Uh, you know, throw down for Nebraska Brewing Company. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah I, I'm plugging plug the, the sponsor. Not even on the commercial. <laughs> All right, Sam, we've talked enough about you. No offense. Okay, don't take any offense to that. 
But this new squad, this past year, they went 3-9, and nine, as we are all well aware. Narrative of the season was close losses, close losses, close losses. Ding! Ad infinite, ad infinitum, etc. Pain. Pain. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. But, and I do want to shout out Josh Mitchell, now that I know what his sweatshirt said again, because... I had to think about it. More wins. That's what we care about. Honestly, yeah. if, if that's what it all comes down to, it's more wins. Yep. So, should Scott Frost still be our head coach? Yes. Okay. Quick answer. I mean, it's pretty easy. And we talked we talk just a little well, bit about it's this pretty, before. Okay. And maybe this is a debate that we have, but you said it's, re- it's very easy to say that. Yeah. Now, I don't think it's that easy to say. Then who? <laughs> See now, I could I could come up with an answer myself. You can come up with any answer. I like could come up with you want to do, and then when they they have two losing seasons in a row, we fire them again and we start over again. See that's and then the the job that's a great Nebraska old job becomes the job of oh hey let's go there and get fired. So okay. Scott Frost, after four years, are you paying your not, donorship fee enough? Like, are you paying enough donor money to buy out the coach again and again and again and again? A point that I've made frequently. <laughs> now look, I mean, this is a, a talk we're having. I've said this point many times. A blue blood program like Nebraska, and I'm doing this in quotes because we're not a blue I blood think, right now. I think that status is behind us now. I really do. If you don't make a bowl game after four years and you're okay with it, I think. I mean, you got to. I'm just saying we haven't made one. Well, and I'm we saying made four since I've been there. Well, I'm saying four because that's the the Frost era, right? Yeah. So, like, but yeah, it's been over. It's been longer than that. Yeah. When it comes to money, I don't think any blue blood has ever had a problem with. If you have a f- losing season for four years in a row, okay, we've seen enough. Yeah, and that's that's what I think every blue blood program does is they assess the situation four straight years of not even making a bowl game. Where we've talked about it, every freaking program makes a bowl game. Every coach gets mayo poured on them, even if they lose. Damn it. So, like, you can't even do that, and it, it just seems like people are, I don't want to say okay with it, because I think that's that's making it very dumbed down, but I feel like we've seen what we need to see from Scott Frost. Now, the changes that he's made, and maybe we can talk about this. Mark Whipple from Pitt, experienced cat, right? He's seen He's seen everything, supposedly, right? He's been around a long time. Mickey Joseph, ace recruiter, from all intents and purposes. You know, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, 2019 LSU, one of the greatest teams of all time. And um, Raiola coming from the Bears. He's he's had to make these coaching changes. I just don't think it's a total easy, yes, he should still be our coach. But he's made these changes. So I am hopeful myself. Why are you so gung ho? Yes, he's our our guy. Yes, I was wondering what what the question was going to be there after that. <laughs> <laughs> you had to sell his point. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, get a little, I felt get a like little I, background. Yeah. Yeah. I I had to ca- encapsulate four years into you know two minutes. Okay. Sorry. So we'll start with this. So you said we're not a blue blood anymore, which I kind of maybe ag- agreed with, okay. and uh, I you know well I mean we're not one right now. You know, mm-hmm. if we if we go win ten plus win games the next few seasons, then yeah, we're probably back at that point. 
That's a big but, if. But did you, you know, Mark Whipple's 64. He is. Right? Yep. He's like, like I said, he's an old experienced cat. So, <laughs> you know, when he had a very successful season with the Heisman finalist, he did. And he's doing well at Pitt and he probably could just, you know, ride into retirement a little bit. Oh yeah. With mm-hmm. that with that gig. Did you hear what he said when they asked him? Why he switched jobs? Yeah, he said because it's Nebraska. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it still means something. Okay. So you, but you asked me who would they get? So you can't just turn around and say it's Nebraska. So we can't get anybody. Oh, I'm just playing both sides of the thing here. Oh. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> hey, at least you admit it. So no, you got to play both sides. I mean, you got to be open minded. You know, like people on Twitter or message boards or everything will argue all day long about either right and they're not wrong. But like, you got to be able to see you know both sides. But like. So, like, he says it's Nebraska. So, you want Mark Whipple to be your head coach? You yeah. know, like, you know, he's, he's a coordinator probably. So, you know, there there's other there's other things going on. But, you know, some of these, some of these uh, other coaches have taken gigs that, like, you know, like Brian Kelly took the LSU gig. Brian Kelly, you're not, you're not winning, competing for championships in the next couple of years. They're getting rid of you too, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. They're backing up the Brinks truck. Is Nebraska going to back up the Brinks truck? Because we had we thought we thought was a pretty premium contract for Scott Frost five years ago. It ain't anymore. Nope. nope. Yeah, you, you're you're talking ten million a year now. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's a completely different dynamic. So like, who are you going to pay? Because you're going to have to pay somebody. I, yeah. And then you're trying to build and get money for um, a new facility, and then you're going to buy out your mm-hmm. old coach, and you're going to pay that much more money. I don't think the money is that unlimited. You know. So I, I hear I, you. you, you so I, you got to look at, and especially coming after a COVID year, you know, where you didn't have any income. I, I just think that you know you have to you have to look at that. Um, I think a lot of the changes made with Scott, with the defensive, you know, or not the defensive, the offensive staff changes, and maybe even a quarterback change and other things going on, and the redu- reduced salary to pay your assistants more on both sides of the ball, you know, give defense raises and you know get premium staff on the offense, you know. I think a lot of that conversation was not just or not just wasn't just Scott's decision. I think that was the conversation had between him and Trev. And then mm-hmm. Matt and then Trev released that statement about, you know, we're gonna trust Scott for more year. I mean, this is this is the all in year. Right. You know, if you don't at least make a bowl game at least next year, you're probably gonna fire him. And you know, I would probably say rightfully so. You yeah. know, you, you gotta have some kind of production at this point and uh we need we need to see more. Um yeah. we were talking in the uh you know before we we got on here and just kind of bsing and i just i told you guys look you know it's unprecedented unprecedented nine win or nine losses by no double digit losses you know the biggest one was nine points and all the other ones you know eight of those losses were by single digits and we finished big 10 play with one win and an even scoring margin and all these crazy stats and inventing ways to lose and we're top five in the Big Ten in every offensive defensive category. Like people think our offense was bad this year. Not really. No. No. I mean red like, zone was red, yeah, zone red zone was bad. Red zone scoring which, was bad. Yeah, yeah which we've yeah. been historically bad in. But anyway, so you know, there's uh there's all these there's all these things. But the biggest thing you can take for it, and I uh I can I can relate it to the NFL a little bit. You look at the, the Giants and Joe Judge. The Giants don't act like they want to play. You look at the Lions and Dan Campbell. The Lions play. Yeah, right. they They're play good, for but them. They play. Yep. You know who played right. for their their coach the whole year? Nebraska. Yeah, three and eight walking into walking into Iowa, and what you would never think I mean, that was a three and eight football. You would have thought they were playing for the West. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So I guess 
So he hasn't lost his team. Actually, he might have his, he might have that locker more than ever right now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think you give it another shot, and like you say, he's our he's our Nebraska Golden Boy. So he so, is? He, so he's gotten more. You know, Mike Riley was fired way sooner for less losses, or you know, or better better winning percentage. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, he's got those opportunities because of his name, and uh, I just and I've argued with this with people a lot. Was, at when is at what at what point are we just going to stick with it a little bit? Right. I know the production is not there. I see that it's evident. Right. But we can't just roll over a coach every three years all the time. I mean, you're never going to find success doing that. Yep. So I guess that's kind of how I looked at it. It. I I just liked it because I liked the consistency, and I I just want to see you know if we can really do it, and you know if we're if we're very underwhelming again. Then I get moving on, and well, I guess we'll see what's out there. And yeah. here's here's the thing about Scott Frost, right? The one of the one of the reasons I want it to work so bad, if he is successful here, he's going to be here for the next thirty years. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I love that thought. He's the next Tom Osborne, right? If it was any other coach, is if he has two good years, then he's probably going somewhere else. But right. if it's Scott. It's thirty years. He wants to be here. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and I, That's I absolutely, thing. I see that point. I love that point. It's just like you said. You got these opportunities because of his name, and I see the value of having him as a head coach. But that's only if you're actually winning games, right? Yeah. But yeah. he's just not doing that after four years. So, I guess just my response to the whole thing is: Who do you get? I think. Virtually, oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wish. Yeah, that, I'm telling you, that's probably who they go after. Uh, I mean, you at least gonna have, shoot. I, I, I'm probably not going to happen. Not but I mean, happen. if you go throw 10 million at him, what happens? As I just said, you <laughs> well, know, we don't have unlimited. The, Bengals, <laughs> the Bengals counter. Hey, they're listen, like we just won the the North yeah. for the first time in a you, long time. Listen, you can you can defend Scott Frost all you want, yeah. but if he was a a good coach, he wouldn't have to have his buyout renegotiated. Okay, like Which that, is a good that move by itself, the athletic department. A good absolutely. move by him. He basically stopped it on himself. Mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh just did the same thing. Yep, you bet yes. on yourself. And I, granted, we Scott has been less successful than Jim was in his first however many years. Way mm-hmm. less successful. Yes. But but okay, so way, we'll take away. We'll, we'll take a way less successful season next year, won't we? We'll t- <laughs> we'll take eight and four. <laughs> we'll well, take. I would I would take shit. eight and four next year. I seven would, and five. Oh my gladly. God. I would. Jump in front exactly. of a train so he, for so, four. so he just went eleven and one or whatever it was, right. or, or twelve and one, and won the West or, or went to a uh, college football playoff. Yeah, so we'll take eight and four. Hell yeah. basic, yes. you know, so it, yeah. it's a situation. And the thing you got to remember too, or not remember, but think about Whipple's here. We have that experience. Scott's moving more into the head coach thing. Yeah, Whipple, yeah. that's Whipple CEO. CEO. Yeah, the CEO, right. which whatever <clears throat> Whipple. Is going to run his offense, and, and that's exactly. It's going to be exciting to see how it changes too. I think. Yeah, and that's exactly what like we were talking about uh, in weeks past. Is just if you were looking at an offensive coordinator, Whipple was the guy that absolutely hire. would walk in and be like, "You're not going to tell me how to run this offense." Yeah, I've I, been doing this for forty years. You don't need to sit here and babysit me. Yeah, you know what I mean. That what well, it reminds me of Carl and Bo. Yeah, like that our defense wasn't as good when Carl left because. Car would tell Bo to shove it. <laughs> say this is the right way, not what you said. I mean, all other issues and stories aside, that's just I'm saying. Like, you know, um, Lu- Lubach or what was his name? Lubick. Lubick. Lubick and Walters and all of them. No block, no rock. You know. Yeah. Anyway, all of them guys. Indeed. You know, 
It's got to the final say. Scott overpowered him. I don't think that's going to be the case as much with a guy no. like Whipple. So I think that'll be good because it'll allow Scott to get out of that a little bit and, and excel in other areas and maybe yeah. manage the game a little bit better and maybe, you know, put a bigger emphasis on special teams yeah. and things like that. Whipple and Joseph, those guys have seen every situation in football. Yeah. So there's there's nothing that's going to – Scott, it seemed like throughout the throughout the year and for the last four years, you just see him making like – like kind of just mind-boggling. He decisions. just he you know overthinks I mean? the situation. You're on the one yard line. What are you doing, Sam Hahn? If you're at the one yard line, and you're oh, an offensive lineman. Uh, run the damn ball. Thank yeah. you. Yes, yes. We're running well, the fucking no, ball. No, we we ran, but it was like on, through shotgun. Shotgun. All, it was it was cute. Razzle dazzle yeah. bullshit. No, just line up under center and fall the fuck over. You got a six foot two quarterback. I bet you can fall over and land a yard. Hey, yeah. that's I. You know, back to my senior year with Tommy, we never got stopped on a sneak. Right. So I mean, you know, we just Tommy went. was a, a strong man. Well, yeah, he also has some strong dudes blocking for him. Yeah, hey, right. big facts. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about CEO Scott Frost. Yep. You played for a guy that was in the NFL, in Mike Riley. Mm -hmm. Was he a CEO type head coach? Uh, yeah, yeah, and I like I told you guys I'd kind of listen to some of your old stuff, and we talked about this stuff with C Webb. And C. Webb talked about it being a CEO, and he was. I mean, he would be involved with the offense more. He was more an offensive guy, so yep. he was probably definitely a CEO to the defense. And but even when he wants the offense, he, uh, um, like he wouldn't say much. He'd he'd have a couple different things that he didn't, you know, he'd stop and he didn't like. But uh, you know, he was a CEO type of coach, so those those things were good about him. He didn't get emotionally involved in one side of the ball too much, so that was probably a strength of his. Okay. Say. How was your experience? playing for Mike Riley because you <laughs> you came on the Bo staff uh -huh. so you kind of experienced the change yep. um, how was your experience playing with or playing for Mike Riley and in hip uh, hip hooray and in hip that was <laughs> ice cream with sprinkles and yeah. you know all the memes so yeah. I get I had two years with Bo and two years with Riley so like cool so you well, I get I get a lot of uh, best of both worlds yeah I get a lot of questions about like who was better what was better what was different and I just say I'd say the the staff under Riley was better at teaching, better at teaching the game. The um, discipline and, uh, and structure of the program was better under Bo. But Bo coached, coached, out a, coached out a fear a little bit, which he did too much. And, you know, like busting with the boys, they've talked about that when Bo mm -hmm. was on with Will and them. And, yep. And they kind of openly talked about that. But that coaching with the fear, I mean, you knew what you was expected of you. Riley's big weakness – to me, uh, one of the big weaknesses, I guess, I should say, was like he came in, he goes, I only, I, and we had a bunch of structured rules, you know, with Bo and stuff. And um, he just said, Well, my only, I don't really have any rules. I just have one rule do the right thing. You Asking a bunch of college kids. Yeah, that's what I just say. You can't take a bunch of 18 to 22 year old college kids and just tell them the only rules to do the right thing because they're not going to do the right thing. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, just, I mean, we're all, we've all been there and it doesn't matter whatever standard you want to hold people to. It is what it is. They're not going to do the right thing nope. all the time, right? And and so you got to establish some guidelines, some boundaries, some discipline. Um, <clears throat> so I just don't think the 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 discipline. There wasn't a night enough guys doing the right thing all the time, <laughs> and I think that's one of the things that Scott had and his staff had to come over. Granted, they blamed the old staff too much from the beginning. Yeah, like and that mm -hmm. that really kind of chapped the ass of a lot of guys I played with, and we're like, dude, what are you talking about? Right. The whole okay. So this is this is a big one. 
the whole like, oh yeah, we hadn't done a back squat in four years, and like we, we were yeah, we weren't lifting and all this other stuff, which by all accounts and everybody that we've talked to that all played under Riley, they all said that's bullshit. Well, see where that stuff is coming from. So like we had excellent senior leadership my senior year, and that's why we were able to have a fair amount of success, and that's why we're the last team to make a bowl game because we had a bunch of seniors that were just dogs and wanted to play. Yeah. And we want to play with each other and for each other because Riley constantly talked about our enthusiasm for the work because we were enthusiastic at practice. We weren't, we weren't, you know, like dreading it. We just got in there and got after it and got our work done. We were all, you know, we were all back squatting. We were all hang cleaning. We were all lifting. We were all doing what we were supposed to do. But the thing going back to his weakness, you know, and that next year was different. I wasn't there, which I'd heard it got kind of got worse. Start letting guys off the hook. You know, mm-hmm. I can remember times where like our seniors would come down on some of them younger players and stuff, or one senior or two seniors would, and we wouldn't get backup from the coaches. Like, what why? Do you, like, why aren't you showing up like, to lifting? Yeah, why aren't you showing up to lifting? Oh, now let's not be too hard on some. Like, oh, dude, boy. no, you know, just stuff like that. That was bad. There was. I'm I'm and I'm biased because I I liked a lot of the uh, guys strength staff guys who I was with in Riley's tenure, and I thought they were good guys. And you know if you just showed up to work and you know you got better, you got better. But you know they got their hands tied by some things, and so I wouldn't say it was their fault. But like there was just things that were allowed to happen that shouldn't have been allowed to happen, and uh, so that's where those those things kind of come from. So. Yeah, I guess some of us weren't impressed with the way that the previous, you know, staff was bashed. And now, obviously, you can't really hold a candle to that because, you know, we made a bowl game and we haven't since right. we've been here. So, yeah. and something that we've also talked about quite a bit um, is is culture. And we I think we talk about it with just about every guest the that C we word. have on the show. Yeah, it's the C word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Scott Frost's biggest thing when he came in is that the culture was kind of off. And by you talking about, like, you know, letting guys off the hook and it, it sounded like it got a little bit worse after you guys had left in 2016. Yeah. I can only imagine that's, that's a whole year for a lot of shit to get kind of swept under the rug. And then a brand new coaching staff coming in, trying to change those rules and change that culture. Can you talk a little bit about like culture, I guess, like what, like, what does that mean to you? Like what is a winning culture? Obviously you guys had success in 2016 and then trying to transfer that to 2018 when Scott Frost walks in the door, it seems like there was quite the gap. It's player-driven. Okay. I mean, Scott, Scott's talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And back when he played, it's player-driven. I mean, when your coaches are constantly policing them, uh, you know, policing things or issues or whatever, that, you know, it's best when those things are taken care of within the team, which is which was a weakness. Um, you know, like I talked about, we'd come down hard on kids. Uh, whether it be young kids or whatever. And, you know, and, I, and I'm not saying like they're bad kids. They just, you learn. Hell, I got my ass came down on by a couple of All-Americans at NDSU sometimes when I wasn't doing stuff right and even right. Nebraska. It's just part of being young. doesn't mean you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. It just means you didn't do something right. So let's let's shift to, well, same say on the same topic, but so you were a walk-on your entire yeah. career at Nebraska. Yeah, I don't deserve were you, anything. Were you looked at differently in the locker room when when you're telling <laughs> a scholarship room. guy to oh. to work out, or you're you're getting on a younger guy to show up to show not up to when, class or show up to lift or whatever? Yeah, not when you're an older guy. Okay, you're an older guy that does. I mean, if you're a walk-on scout team fifth-year guy, 
you're probably not telling a lot of people to right what yeah. to do and i and i it, it is what it is like you have to have some sort of success or notoriety or something to say some of those things i think we all get how that works yep. I, I think that's sure. just kind of an unspoken thing um i will say i did not feel treated differently uh amongst players okay i thought you know and it is a little bit different as you're younger because but as you grow into things and you earn the respect and you put in those time and you do those practices and you blood sweat and tears for your teammates and stuff that goes away, but like a walk-on who's made it onto the field, or at least the two deep, is going to have a little bit more pull than a guy who's been on the scout team and you know, and things like that. I would say the coaches worry too much or more about the status of a player. Really, the okay. walk-on versus scholar. There's nothing that's not political, man. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. Yeah, like, I, I didn't. I didn't think I always had the fair shake, and I'm not going to sit here and throw people under the bus. And not that I really have a bunch of people thrown under the bus, but like everything gets political. You guys all have a job, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we have politics involved, right? Yeah. Everything. It's no different in a multi-million dollar business of college football. Yeah. It's even more so. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, you got to have a oh, my highly talented recruit. They better be yeah. developing. They better be playing instead yeah. of just walk on from DeWitt. So, I mean, there, there's those things. Um, but I think in the locker room, there was always a pretty good vibe of just like, listening to you know upperclassmen and them policing everything and what and like i said at, at before you talked there we talked about how with riley you know we couldn't always uh be as disciplined as we wanted to uh amongst the team because we didn't have the support of maybe the head man well it was it was different with Bo because i remember there was a decently touted recruit that came in and he sat in the front row of the team meeting room which you sit in the back if you're a freshman in the in the and the older guys sit up front and, you know, there's just kind of these things. Mm. Well, this freshman comes and sits in the front row and doesn't always listen and thinks he's hot shit. And Amir Abdullah went off on him. All right. Whole, in front of the whole team. And, uh, you listen to it, Amir. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean you, you, you listen. The fucking and, band spelled his name out on the football field. You're listening to Amir. Yeah. Well, you know you know, I mean? And I'm not even just saying that as Amir. It was just like, you know, he set the tone. Yeah. And, and Bo just walks in and goes, Amir, are we good? You know, because he's like, this is a, you know, Bo's like, this is a Mears team. This ain't my team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's his mm -hmm. team, but, you know, after we, uh, oh, who did we play? McNeese. McNeese. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I say, you knew. I can't <laughs> think of it. Yeah. Dude, Amir berated us in the locker room afterwards. <laughs> I mean, like, dude, he just, he just put the team on his back and took us to a victory against a bad team. Yeah. And literally just came unglued in the locker room about what a, bad performance that was by us and Bo didn't even say anything well I heard that uh um Amir his interview with Will Compton yeah. on Buzzing yeah. with the Boys yeah, I hadn't watched that one I need to watch that one, you should because either. you yeah, actually just listed almost exactly what Amir and Will were talking oh, about dude just came up so on us. Bo went into the locker room and you can tell me if this is right or wrong because this is what he says in the in the episode Bo go, goes in there and and doesn't say much and he said you guys should thank Amir Abdullah for this win well, then like, I haven't listened to your guys' one with Jay Mitch from last week or whatever either. Mm -hmm. But then Jay Mitch is walking around the locker room after that game, and guys are, you know, like guys go out and games after Lincoln and stuff, go downtown, especially after wins. It's a lot, it's a lot more uh, cooled down, I guess, after losses, or, you know, guys don't do as much. Um, but Josh Mitch is walking around, oh, y'all, you're mad. You're all mad and stuff. He goes, let's see if you, you better not be going out tonight either because right. he goes, we don't deserve to after this and stuff like that. And so hmm. 
We have some good leadership from some of them guys. Like them, 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 them bow, you know, them, them bow guys, you know, like there's a lot of good leadership on how to, yeah. and how to be structured. And I'm not trying to say that Bo should still be the head coach or anything like that. Obviously, I felt like the way when he got fired and this and the other. I'm just, you know, Bo, Bo uh, just that structure was good. Yeah. Like I said, he coached too much out of fear and guys played not to mess up this mm -hmm. stuff too much. But I just, that type of stuff was good. So I really want to get into this, but I feel like we need to take a break for um, to talk about our sponsor and just take a break overall. But Coaching out of fear with a guy that was winning nine games a year just seems wild to me. And maybe that's because I'm living in the moment. But a guy that I feel like should have never had to look over his shoulder. Yeah. Are you, did he coach out of fear? Are you talking more when I-Course was hired? Or are you talking about just in general? Because I feel like yeah. culture was, I feel like was really good when Bo was winning games and Tom was still the, o the AD. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that's, the, I think it was just, I don't mean like Bo wasn't portraying anything onto us from him and the pressure on him. He did a great job of shouldering those blows yep. and stuff and protecting his team. Cause you would talk mm -hmm. to any of the people who played for Bo, he would say he's a player's coach. hundred percent. Even, yeah. even though he just coached out of fear of like, you just were afraid to mess up because you didn't want to get necessarily yelled at or, or anything like that. Right. And I, I don't, I don't know how else to say it besides that way, but, uh, no, like you knew you go into a dog fight, Bo's fighting beside you. Mm -hmm. You know, he's got all them sideline memes of him. I say this and I've said it to a hundred people. Those sideline antics were because Bo thought that you were screwing over his kids. Okay. That's why he was that mad. Yeah, and Josh should literally do that too. Jo yeah, he jo said, Josh talked about that too. He said that he he said it was it was never anything personal. He said, but when he talks to you all week about the shit you can't mess up, and then you get on the football field and you fuck everything up, he's like, it was like you were hurting the rest of the guys. When I'm even saying even like with a ref, when you the ref, if you, yeah. you berate an official, yeah, he was pissed because he thought he was screwing over his kids, right? You know, yeah. like and that's just like Jay Mitch and I. I mean, we know who each other are. You know, we we're teammates and stuff. We didn't have any collusion about that. Like we just flat out just, and even with Amir and busting with the boys and everything, that's just the type of environment it was. Yeah. yeah. And so, you talk about a, a his la one of his last years, not his last year, but one of his last years was that Big 12 year where, okay, we know that we're leaving the Big 12, right? Mm -hmm. So you think of a personality like Bo Pelini and you put him in an environment like College Station where you you saw the discrepancy of the penalties against us and AM. And it was like, what the hell is really going on here? Yeah. And then putting an extra second on against yeah. Texas. It's just like a powder keg waiting to happen, right? Like if it was Mike Riley, it'd be different because he wouldn't he wouldn't make a scene about it or yeah. whatever. But with Bo, you're, you're screwing over my guys, and it's obvious. The BCS. That's why they make that call. Yeah. Like yeah. now we we know why he said that war, because war. he felt that in his yeah. freaking bones. War is hard on a sleeve. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You know, just it it, it it you got what you got. Here's what it is. Well, and <laughs> the one thing that I wish Scott took more of Bo Pelini's qualities is there was a lot of games where there was some questionable. I learned some new. Um, penalties this year <laughs> yeah, i've learned some some new verbiage in college football <laughs> been an advocate my entire life i've watched it 
thoroughly yeah. every Saturday since I was a kid. And I feel like Bo, like he wasn't scared to make a comment about an official or anything like that because he was going to put his neck out for his team no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And Scott is better at maybe better at it or is okay with doesn't want to get fined or whatever it is, but he's more PC. Yes. Yeah. He he just he doesn't want to say what's going on or he doesn't want to speak the say what the grill in the room is. Like Yeah. Scott is just not he's not going to put his his neck out there for his team like Bo did. Scott's not going to get crucified by the media. Yes. Right. Scott knows how the Nebraska media is. Yep. He was the quarterback here. He knows what it is. He knows how much pull the media has in this place, which is way too damn much. Sorry. Yeah. Hey, the true. less, like, the less he says, the better. But, like, he just knows. And, well, also, side part, I loved his Illinois pregame press conference where he just, like, answered – Two word oh answers. yeah, like yeah. I got I got so many people mad at me for that when I like, <laughs> supported that. But I was just like, dude, he just wants to play football. He's yeah, tired, yeah. he's tired of the talk, and he just wants to play and see how it goes. It would have been and better just, if he would have fucking won. Yeah, absolutely, been better. And weren't down thirty-one to nine at one point. Okay, just anyway, just I, saying. I was at that game too. So yeah, I'm sorry, Long Sam. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Anyways, I, I just, I he just knows how to work the media a little bit better, and the media creates. um Creates shit, problems. A, a story. Yeah, they make yeah. a mess. A shit, a shit storm. And you know, it's a big deal. And I'm not trying to be rude to any of the calmness and stuff in Nebraska and stuff like that. But just like sometimes it's just like, do you have something else to cover? No like, shit. Yeah. I mean, because we talk about, like you guys have talked about Kool-Aid season before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You get into Kool-Aid season and sometimes it's, you know, bad Kool-Aid season. This study, that, it's just like, what are you even writing about? Like this year when the, the stuff came out about Scott, uh, the practicing and all that stuff. Oh, where, yeah. Like, the self-imposed fines and all that. Mm -hmm. Well, you get like, you get like, I'm, Steve Sipple wrote an article about another day in drama station or whatever. I can't remember exactly. So he tells, he he goes like, sigh, ugh, like another day at the drama field Memorial Stadium. And then, then continues to write an article inciting more drama. Right. Yep. So it's like, because he is the, he uh, is the, the uh, guy that, yeah, it's just, and it, there I, wouldn't be a, uh, if it wasn't for yeah. you, you know, and I get it there, you know, and, and Sip's done a lot of, a lot of great stuff and I'm not trying to call him out. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to do that. It's just yeah. like some of that stuff, like they talk about the drama around Nebraska football. Well, you are the drama, right? Yes. So, but they get paid to entertain and they get paid to have big opinions. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. So that's also their job. My biggest thing is, the story is all, always already written. Before the game is over, the story is written, and they just want to input quotes here, 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 here. Like, it's already done. The, the, the what am I trying to say? It, it's, all, it's already been laid out. They're just waiting. They're just asking questions. It's a, it's a trap. It's a, it's a self-fulfilled prophecy. It's a trap. Yep. Um, okay. One, one last question for me before we take a break. Yeah, let's take a break. Um, what is your opinion on the hip hip hooray? I could have sworn my dad was going to drop dead right then and there the first time he heard it. And he's like, hip, what hip. the fuck is that? Finish it, Sam. Hip hip. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I just, that was wild to me. Like we did it when we won. Like, obviously we we're happy when we were doing it because we won a game, but it's just like, like after Oregon. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm hooraying my whole yeah, life that away. Was, that was, that was a rocking time. Yeah. <laughs> it anyway, was so fucking loud. Uh, Let's go. Yeah. That was that. And oh, 14 Michigan. Miami were crazy. Oh yeah. yeah. 
But anyway. last day at the res. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never went. Yeah, too bad for you. <laughs> yeah, like when I was a walk on, like like uh, that year we talked about, I didn't play because I was my transfer yeah. sitting out. I'd be like sitting there, like watching Snapchats at the res. I'm like <gasps> in the locker room. I'm like that looks like so much fun. <laughs> I am drinking a nice cardinal pale ale. Shout out Ben Miller. Shout out your boy, Ben Miller. Hey, there you go. Ben Miller, <laughs> former Nebraska baseball player. Yeah. No. Might need him on the pod. Maybe he can come down with you, right? Hey, well, he, you know, maybe you can get him and Alicia on here. Armstrong, you know, Nebraska's yeah. power couple, softball yeah. and baseball. You know what? You send them our way. <laughs> we will gladly treat them with some, some beverages, and they can yeah. have all the Cardinal they want while we talk Nebraska sports. That's it doesn't right. have to be football. Go. It can be sports. Yeah, right. exactly. But, yeah, I mean – we're at the tap room, 108th and Harrison in La Vista, Nebraska. Like I said, the pale ale, cardinal, 6%. It's very citrusy and crisp. Sam, I know you had this earlier. I know you're drinking something different. What you got in your uh, cup? What is, you got? This is Taco Vesa. That's the B. Vesa. Riley special. That's, that's, B. Riley that's special. all he yeah. drank when he was here. Yeah, well, that's because he's soft and likes <laughs> low alcohol percentage. <laughs> and now you're drinking. Shout out, B. <laughs> But speaking of B, he always calls me big country. We haven't even talked about farming yet either. So man, oh. we got all kinds of stuff we got to cover next time. So oh, shoot. for our listeners that still hung around for about an hour, yeah. Sam has offered to come back on the No Block No Rock podcast because there are so many topics that we didn't hit while we were rambling for the last hour. So <laughs> he has been so kind to say that he's going to come back on. So we have so many more topics we're going to hit. Kyle, what are you drinking over there? What you got? He's finally uh, back on the beer train, yeah. not on the water train. Yeah, the ponytail is still in motion. Uh, I, I'm drinking the Taco Vesa tonight. Usually, I'm the ale storm guy of the group, mm-hmm. uh, but they're out of season right now. Uh, so, yeah. okay. so I'll have to wait till you know wait till baseball starts back up. But the Taco Vesa um, is another good alternative. Tonight, Mike had the Pilsner for the first time. The Pils. And you know what? It's pretty good. It's like a wannabe Bush Light. But a little bit more. Yeah, it's a little hopped up. Yeah, it's a little hopped up. A little bit, you know, hair in your chest type of beer. Yeah, it's, but, it's this is a craft craft brewery. They put in effort in their brews, unlike a, the Budweiser. Listen, listen. I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan. I'm a St. Louis guy. Okay, I get it. But let's not let's not play. Look, there's a reason why this is tread lightly. <laughs> Okay, Walter White. <laughs> There's a reason, okay? This this is an art, damn it. And the way that they do it, Budweiser in St. Louis, it's mass produced. It's oh, Sam Hahn will drink it. It's fine. Whatever. Dude, have you seen the bush like corn cans? Game over. Oh, my it's, God. For the, okay. it's for the farmers. See, that's what I'm talking farmers. about. That's exactly for the what I'm farmers. Talk- All they have to do is put a corn cob on it. Oh, yeah. And Sam Hahn's a. I want to get me a corn cob bush light. Oh, hey, in those orange ones? <laughs> yeah. Come on now. Yep. We got blue yummies all year round. Then we yep. get some orange yummies. Yep. Limited yep. edition. Yep. Can only get them at certain hey, times. Bush light apple is pretty good. Yeah. Bush that's light apple for those basic bitches to my nah, life. Nah, nah, that's <laughs> yeah. good. Hey. So we took our break. We're all sipping on NBC beer per usual. Thank you. Amazing sponsors, amazing hosts. We're going to dive into our last topic. Like I said, Sam will be joining us again at some point, some future episode, maybe next week. We'll find out when we can get Sam in here again. <laughs> He's a busy guy. He's a farmer, man. You know, his time means a lot to us. So, Sam, 
Can you tell the listeners, do you have any stories? What do you want to talk about? You know, let's, okay. let's wrap this thing up the right way. What do you want to talk about? First, I have one question. Jared, do you watch Joey Molinero videos? I do not. Okay. I do. Yeah. This dude has like some of the same mannerisms as Joey Molinero does when he's talking. And especially when he gets worked up. So. I got to watch this guy. He's yeah. Look at him. Look at him. He's worked up. He's hitting the table and stuff. He's like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Um, I don't really have any crazy stories. Like, yeah. I mean, I probably do. I None that I can think of off of the top of my head. Do you have any crazy stories about Brandon or Jordan or any guests that we've had on that you played with? Anything funny? Like Anything like embarrassing? Something? Why does it have to be that, crazy? Why can't it just be it something that's like wholesome? It could be wholesome. I will say, I will say okay. <laughs> hey, you know what, Jared? I like that. So our entire senior year, uh, Brandon didn't have a touchdown. Like I mean, he he would he was our he'd be our setup guy. I know where this and is going. And he'd get all the way down there, all the way down there. And then finally, Music City Bowl scores one. Yeah, finally gets to break out his uh, his celebration. He's wanted him to do all year. Drop drops the ball by him. Does a fake punt. To shout out Sam Fultz. Yep. Segwaying in, dude. We didn't really get to talk about that much. We can. I just told you guys tonight. I literally was just texting his nephew just now. I texted it, and I was texting with his. Uh, with his sister earlier so you know another episode we can get into that more uh and uh we can talk about that more because that's pretty special to me that's pretty close you know i go to Greeley at least once a year so you know we, we can talk about that again and we can talk about a whole bunch of other stuff we can talk about farming more and see if anybody if that piques any interest in anybody <laughs> even though that can be kind of boring for you who don't like it so uh yeah i guess speaking of farming Beef jerky's on my shirt. I like I told you guys earlier. Oh, you were in a beef, beef jerky, jerky shirt. Yeah, yeah, I got a beef jerky shirt on under this, but you know, to support Cam because he literally grew up like 15 minutes from me. So you know Cam pretty well. well I don't know him really well. I mean, he's big time. I'm not. So <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're you're big time to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, so yeah. Which I just wanted. I want to talk to you guys about this and just you know, like I guess there's a lot of people that have acted negatively to Cam about that, and I just think that. People should realize, you know, like we talked about early fall of the money, like the opportunity that he has being from a small town, USA farm kid, uh, which obviously, which also segues to Sam Fultz because when Sam Fultz was on the, uh, the jumbo screen, he'd always say small town, USA, Greeley, Nebraska. Yep. And then I took that and I said, small town, USA, DeWitt, Nebraska. And it was really cool to me because this the year, and I don't know about other years because last year I obviously didn't have good. Cam would say small town USA pickerel. Yes, he did. So like that was really, really cool to me. And like that was, I thought that was cool. And I really love that. Yeah. So anyway, Cam's going to go make, try to make some life changing money. And he's probably going to be, uh, I would say mid draft pick. And, you know, yeah. he could have came back and, uh, you know, maybe improved his draft stock, but he also could have, you know, gotten hurt. Cam's got some history of some injuries, especially when he was younger. And so he's had three pretty healthy seasons now. And this year he has a great year of tape. I mean, Cam had a you know, oh, he yeah. had a battle line. And and I'm not like I said, I'm not trying to call them guys out. Cam covered up a lot of issues. Yes, for us. he did. I don't know if you guys noticed he, this. He he did things that a center should like never do. I've yeah. never seen a center pull and go yeah. block the DN. I've insane. never seen the athletic ability that I've seen from from Cam Jurgens in would, in person. I've yeah. never seen it. He would pull and go block the DN against Iowa. So like he's he's a freak athlete. He's yes. test off the off the charts. Um, he had a good year of tape, his best year, and he's got three years. And I think he just he doesn't want any more wear and tear on his body before going to the league and making money for it. And I think that there's a lot to be said for that. And you got to respect it. Which quick segue into players opting out. You know, like Brandon Hymas did last year. That 
Brandon Hymas had 39 games of tape. What does he have to prove against Nothing. the last game against Rutgers? Nothing it's at out all. There. The, the decision is made on him. Yep. And he was, you know, fifth round pick or whatever he was. He is what he is, and there's no reason for him to go risk it. And then I'll leave you with just this question, and we don't even have to get into it that much. But how soon are players going to start opting out? They get two losses. You're out of a conference race, and you're out of a, and you're out of a national title mm -hmm. race. You're gonna, you're. I bet you're gonna see some kids who are high level draft picks start to opt out. I'm it's, just, and I can say North Dakota State. We talked about this earlier. Yeah. Trey Lance last year opted out. They had a spring season. I get why he opted mm -hmm. out. That's hard. That's hard. He played one year and didn't play for a year and a half. Third pick, Dylan Radins. Rad, Radins. Radins. He is offensive tackle, but left tackle for Trey Lance's championship year. Got drafted by the Titans. Same deal. Didn't play. Still got drafted in like I don't know third or fifth round or something. So you got kids that didn't even play a whole year, you know, and I'm not encouraging that. Obviously, we all want to see the best players play. And all right. That. Yeah. Say, you might see some stuff, you know, like if, if you have an elite level talent, you know, you know, they're they play as a true freshman, a true sophomore, and they're going to be they're going to be a first round pick or great to be a first round pick. How much of their junior year do they play? Right. Well, you look at you look at Nebraska season where we knew that they weren't going to a bowl game after what? The eighth week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something so like, like that. So, like, what's the point of that coming back for the last four so, games? So, if you're, so, you know, none of our players are a number one type pick. Right. You know? Yeah. But, like, if you are, why? Why would I mean, you? Look at, look at JoJo. JoJo is a perfect example. Jo I mean, JoJo played Ohio State and he didn't necessarily have to, but he played to try and get to the bowl game. And that tape that. was beautiful. Yeah. So then the next year or the next week or whatever, he didn't play because it's like, well, we're not going to a bowl anymore. And surgery. And yeah. And surgery and all that stuff. And, you know, made the best decision for himself. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how uh, some of those things play out. Yeah, so. well, and you brought this up, and I, I want to wrap here soon, but so with NIL here, and it's it's here to stay. Yep. At one point, as an NIL person, I like a person who's giving a college athlete money. At what point do they have a stipulation of you need to play this many games, yep. or? You can't opt out at this point in your season, right? Do you, yep. do you guys think this will ever get to that point? Yes, I personally do because I was. Wow, well, I talked with Spencer Lindsay. I told you one; he's one of my good buddies, um, former teammate I talked to, and uh, we. I, I brought this up. I brought that same point up to them yesterday. Like, how long do they play? Do kids just stop playing? Yeah, if they're out of the title race or whatever. And he just like he just he brought up, and then I brought up the point of. Uh, you know, is the NIL deal going to say, I want you to play this many games or I'm going to pay you X amount more dollars to play in this 100%. Game. And then he brought up quick track back to Amir. We talked about Amir. Yep. He didn't, he was looking at going to the league after his junior year. He took out an insurance policy because if he got hurt to be a, what his projected draft pick was after his junior year, took out an insurance policy so he could get some kind of payout if he got hurt. Well, Spencer, Spencer talked about some kind of something like that too, like an insurance policy uh, to play the bowl game, and if you lose, if you fall so many draft spots or whatever, you know they can figure something out. There's plenty of smart people yeah. about insurance policy, about trying to get people to play because everyone wants them to play because it makes everybody else more money. Yeah, except the kid at this point. Yep, they don't make any more money off playing in the bowl game, so why do it? You yeah. know, and and like we talked about team bonds and stuff like that. Yeah, I I'm get just it. Talking about yeah. from a monetary standpoint. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that stuff navigates. We're living in an unparalleled time in college football right now. Yeah. And it's just something we have to get used to. So. Well, I'm excited to see how it goes, though. I mean, this is the first year. It was just like they didn't just like ease into NIL or transfer portal or any of that. They just opened the floodgates and they were like, have fun. There was no toe dip. It was just diving. Yeah. In. Yep. And yeah. I think 
obviously that opened some doors and some opened some cans that were maybe already happening, cans of some worms that were probably already happening at SEC country and other schools where it's like, hey, you know, I've been recruiting illegally for this long and now I can use NIL for my benefit. Well, now it's like, okay, everybody can do it. It's all legal. We just got to find a way to do it through a, a vendor or sponsor, whatever you're going to do. So it'll be interesting to see how this develops because with opt-outs and injuries and insurance policies and all that stuff, what does that do for the college athlete? How do they compensate? What are they going to do? How are they going to do their finances? Have they been spending their money? Have they been paying taxes? All this stuff is just insane. The next couple of years are going to be awesome to see how this turns out. Yeah. Yep. And I think despite like this Pandora's box of just sitting there waiting, like I don't even think it's been opened yet. Like people have been looking at it from a distance from with binoculars. They're about to see. When this thing gets opened, it's just going to be a freaking floodgate of who the heck knows, right? Yeah. But I think it's all for the best, right? You come to America, damn it. You you live for your dream. Mm-hmm. If you're good at something, you don't do it for free, right? Exactly. So guess what? Here it is, America, free market. Anyway, yeah. that's that's this is not a political podcast, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so let's sign off, guys. Good discussions. I think this is a good place to just leave it be. Yeah, Sam. Yeah, I'm sure we'll see you soon. Yeah, so plug yourself. Good, plug if yourself. If you're good at po- if you're good at podcasts, you do them for free. Is that what you're saying? You say Shoot. if you're good at something I mean, for free. Damn. Is that what you're doing? This we're not. Good. Obviously, oh, we're not we never said we were good at it. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I just <laughs> we're obviously not very good at it because we don't get paid very much. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, Sam. Where where can people find you? Where do you want people to find you? Oh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, Twitter, I told Instagram. you guys this about my, uh, about earlier about my walk on story. I really don't plug myself much. But yeah. Yeah. I'm at Dahani on Twitter and Instagram. So. Okay. All right. D A H A H N I. Where can we send farming business your way? Uh, you just look up your local farmers cooperative dealer and that's how we, that's how we do it. Okay. Cool. Okay. Oh yeah. And if you want to rent me some land, sure. If you're in Southeast Nebraska and want to rent me some land, I'd, we glad to talk with you about it. We got a strong Inland. Southeast Nebraska yeah, we, coalition. We, we have a we have a lock down there now. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, let's sign off. I'm one of your hosts, Jared Hall, Mike Delaware, Kyle Byers, Samuel Hahn. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and as always, GBR. Mm-hmm.